Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Two Philosophers Drink Beer and Discuss Film. I'm Dr. Daniel Murphy, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, my colleague, my guru, Dr. Gregory David Jackson. Greg, how's it going? Well, um, I'm doing well, Dan. I'm doing very well. It's great to be back here. I'm happy to, to hear your sweet, soothing and wise voice at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, great to be doing another episode of Two Philosophers. But alas, it is a little bit of a of a sad one. Yes, indeed. So perhaps we should say the reason why this is a special episode is because it is the concluding episode of Two Philosophers Drink Beer and Discuss Film. The final. The final countdown is on. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess our regular listeners will know it's been a while since we released an episode and... The last episode we released was Horror at the start of the year, and we had intended to release at least one episode every month this year. But unfortunately, our schedules, our personal lives have got to the stage where they are taking precedence. And, you know, rightly so, some might say, Greg. Yeah, rightly so, indeed. I think there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of changes going on. And for a lot of people, I, I, I guess, you know, particularly coming out of the pandemic and sort of, recognizing or witnessing the ways in which our lives can first of all so drastically change the ways that we live our lives can be so different and open up kind of new possibilities close off other ones i mean indeed that's what allowed us to do the podcast mm. um but then also you know coming out of it then and going well what kind of world do i want to enter back into do i want to enter a world where i'm incredibly busy and chasing them dollars all the time <laughs> or do i just want to have more free time to to enjoy life because you know obviously the big lesson of covid outside of all that was just life is unpredictable yeah and things things are not certain yeah absolutely and as you said we started this podcast during the pandemic when we had nothing but time and it was a good way to fill up time for ourselves for other people who were listening but then as kind of things returned to normal, I noticed myself an immense amount of pressure was uh, coming on me to actually do the podcast. And just for people who don't know that Greg and I do this completely independently, we record it, we mix it, we promote it, we research it, we record it, we do everything ourselves on this and we don't make any kind of financial profit on it. And, you know, being generous, I'd say each episode takes up at least 10 hours of work right whereas sometimes it'll be a lot longer than that depending on how much research we do or you know recording we have to do so for me personally it got to the stage where I felt that I was devoting a lot of time to the podcast and neglecting my kind of personal responsibilities people who are closest to me and then also on top of that we have kind of professional obligations as well so you know I found myself not really enjoying my own time I felt that oh I should be actually researching for the podcast now rather than mm -hmm. actually enjoying myself out yeah. with my friends or my girlfriends right yeah. and I, as you said that's kind of not the world I want to live in I want to actually enjoy the most important things in life which is for me you know spending time with other people the people who are closest to me and most valuable to me yeah and it's interesting actually because for the research side of this there's two things that we do that we both really enjoy which is watching movies mm -hmm. and reflecting on them and thinking about the themes and getting to read some really interesting philosophy or draw on some of the the tools that we've 
we've developed over our time studying philosophy. Uh, but then there's something interesting that shifts when, when that's done for the, for the sheer enjoyment of it, of just sitting there watching a movie or reading some theory. And, you yeah. know, we talked about the origins of this podcast before. It was us, you know, shooting the, the shit in a, in a pub and, and just Yeah, you know, when we were PhD and, students, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's so enjoyable, you know. Yeah, but, the, but, but then it sort of shifts in a strange way when you have to do it for a particular purpose. Yeah. When it becomes about, I have to get this done, I have to watch this film, and I have to write notes because I need to, you know, make sure I remember all these key things, and and then I have to go off and I have to make sure I get this article read in time, so I have some, you know, to build an argument around, or, and it sort of changes the thing. It becomes something that we do in order for something else, where we're watching these movies and thinking about them in order to produce a podcast, in order to gain more followers or whatever it is, as opposed to just the sheer enjoyment of the, the act itself. And, and yeah, that can sort of change the, the dynamic. I know it had changed yeah. it for me at times as well. Yeah, and also the issue of transmitting knowledge to an audience, right? Whether you're right. a lecturer or you know doing it on a podcast, there is a lot of work that goes into articulating these very tricky concepts in accessible ways and that takes time as well right whereas as you said if you're just reading a text yourself or watching a movie yourself and you're thinking of these things yourself you don't have to transmit it that way right it's immediate for you you understand it in a certain way that doesn't have to be then translated to somebody else that they will understand it in their terms so it's exactly what you said um but also you know another consideration here that i kind of reached a stage in my life where I'm no longer prepared to labor for free, right? And I'm not working in academia anymore, which is also kind of, a, you know, a bit more effort for me to switch back into that academic mind frame when it comes to actually, you know, doing the podcast and reading theory, right? Um, so that's the first thing, but also that, you know, some of the most exploitative times I've had as a worker have been in academia, right? Yeah. So I kind of, you know, reached a stage where I wasn't prepared to, you know, lecture for free or you know spending a week writing a lecture and only getting paid one hour for doing it right and it also was kind of like the same thing with the podcast right that we don't get paid for doing it and you know we do it because we like doing it we do it we feel an obligation to pass on you know what we've learned to others but at the same time it's almost a bit that we've become a commodified version of ourselves that people kind of extract what they need from us and then move on to the next person, right? So just for me, it's no longer kind of being that kind of content creator, you know, that's out there for a purpose for other people who have no direct obligations to. Rather, I want to focus on the people who, you know, value me as a person and the people who I value as people, right? Not as commodified versions taking something from each other, you know? Yeah, well, I think the, the for me the important term you used there was content creator. Yeah, that there's that it's, it's not a judgment on the people themselves as, as to how we tend to consume media now, but it's more so a product of the the way in which we've organized our, our society and the development of these kind of social media um te technologies really mm, of course well we were doing it as well on this podcast you know we were consuming movies to then you know package in a certain way to pass on to other people who were consuming our content right 
Yeah, exactly. But there's something about the way in which we sort of interact with media. And I think podcasts are a part of that now that, you know, everyone's doing a podcast now and that's the kind of the new thing. And you get some of them do very well. And there's some really great podcasts out there for sure. But I've noticed that like a lot of people will, and I, I know I'm, I'm, I've done this myself, where you're kind of listening to it, but you're not really listening to it. You're sort of, you know, really, we talk about consuming content and it is that kind of thing where we're just yeah. kind of watching this stuff or listening to it. Um, and then we're on to the next thing because we kind of live yeah. in, this, yeah. in this world where we're kind of saturated with media. And, um, and it's a shame, you know, because like, you know, I think we, we both really wanted to put, we put a lot of work into each episode and into thinking about the things. And I know that I found myself that sort of standard dropping inevitably at times when, you know, we were putting pressure on ourselves to get more and more content out there. And then we were mm -hmm. doing that because we know, well, the more content we have out there, the more we'll attract listeners and the more yeah, we'll- more engagement, yeah. Engagement, and I think that a lot of people fall into that trap and then the, the uh, actual substance of what you're doing sort of falls falls down inevitably because there's only so much time in a week and you can't watch a film and read some books and or some articles and really allow some thoughts about that to to kind of ferment I guess you know and to come to fruition and uh, that takes time you know we did a we, we did PhDs it takes like four years five years to to sort of allow a thought to really ripen because any good phd really is is kind of one idea hmm. and you and you and you spend that time writing it because that's what it takes to bring real depth into something and the sort of model that we have now with where podcasts are a part of that um but, but particularly podcasts kind of uh, uh, shaped through social media it just doesn't really allow for that kind of uh that kind of uh, uh, interaction with with ideas, uh, yeah. certainly in the way that I, I I would like. I haven't found a way of doing it, at least. Yeah, and you also see it in the film industry. You know, I've had people who have messaged the podcast saying, you know, well, why don't you do Marvel movies? And I often feel it's like that with the Marvel movies that they're just this production line. And you even see kind of a backlash to them now that they're all the same. You know, that they no longer kind of make any sense. They're just kind of doing fan service at this stage. Um. So yeah, it is exactly kind of like that. Anything worthwhile in this life takes time, right? Um, so yeah, absolutely. But you know, another thing as well that moving on from the kind of critical lens that we may be putting towards, you know, content production here to a more positive kind of lens is that oh, I've actually just been enjoying my life, you know, and having time off, you know, and, you know, just relaxing in the sun, going swimming in the morning, you know, drinking a coffee afterwards meeting with friends and catching up with them you know and developing relationships you know just being present right and i felt that the podcast in the background was taking me away from being present in those moments mm. because i was always thinking oh i should i have to do this next or i should be doing this next or i should be doing this now right so mm -hmm. for me the kind of uh the positive sides of you know moving on from this is that it you know, gives me a guilt-free um, foundation to continue doing what I've been doing. And, you know, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been in my life at the moment. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, really. That's great, Dan. I'm, I'm really delighted to hear that. Yeah, thanks Congratulations very much. on, on yeah. how happy you are. Yeah, well, <laughs> nobody likes hearing how happy somebody else is. <laughs> no, I do. I'm genuinely... Yeah.
and rest assured greg you know the end of the podcast is not the end of our friendship you know yeah. we'll be present for you as well yeah well i hope not then because the the most enjoyable part for me was definitely calling you once a week or once every yeah. every few weeks and shooting the shit and just having a chat and but also like the endless whatsapp voice notes yeah, you know they right, were yeah. always enjoyable and then, yeah. you know you leave a voice note and you realize it's eight minutes long yeah. you know and you're like i have this great idea we got to talk about it in the next podcast <laughs> and trying yeah. to develop a reading and stuff like that that was it's a lot of fun really but that was that was where the magic was for me you know what i mean and the and really, I often found the final product, you know, hearing my own voice and, and I found it very cringy, but like, yeah, I really enjoy, I really enjoy interacting with you. And it was, it was great that we had a, a sort of thing that was allowed us to kind of do that in, in, in a diff, in a new, in, in the way that we did. It was yeah. It reinforces really that, you know, ideas are born out of dialogue. They're born out of you articulating your ideas because until it's articulated, it's really just an idea, right? It's when you articulate it actually becomes something yeah. and then reflecting on what you've articulated in dialogue with somebody else. So absolutely. But, uh, yeah, maybe just to kind of finish up, we may say that, uh, the platform is going to remain. The episodes are going to be up there for at least another year. So, you know, even though we won't be releasing any new stuff, you can enjoy the stuff that's up there and take what you will from them. But also, uh, Greg, maybe you'll share that you are actually doing some content creating or maybe it's anti-content content <laughs> as you were labeling it. And yeah. as a result, you may kind of use the Two Philosophers platform every now and again. Yeah, well, I might just say a few things about that, actually, because... You know, I've been on a bit of a journey myself now, definitely coming out of the pandemic. You know, you talked about um, about getting out of academia and I'm, I'm still working in academia, but definitely my my sights have been set elsewhere because I, it's like you said, you know, you're sitting there worrying about all the stuff that you have to do and you're missing just enjoying being present for life and enjoying what's going on in the moment. And yeah. You know, I was finding that the trying to become an academic and make a career out of it, like not only is it sort of more and more re- unrealistic with the ways in which sort of uh, uh, employment in the in the universities and in higher level uh, education is gone, um, but just the kind of work that it would require. And I, I really admire you know people who can put in that kind of work, uh, particularly when they're doing it purely out of the love of the the theory and the writing and all that. Yeah but it's not me it's not what i enjoy is talking with people about philosophy i enjoy it as a kind of uh, a form of really personal development and yeah and i enjoy i enjoy teaching from that point of view um but i i really didn't enjoy the other aspects that were coming in academia and i was feeling like i was kind of failing then you know because i was in this mm. cycle of well i'm not getting stuff published and i'm not getting stable jobs and yeah you know so I really, coming out of the pandemic for me, I just went, you know what, I, I actually don't want to be that actually. And it was a scary thing because then what? You know, I've put 10 years of my life now into being an academic under the idea that I'll be that. And I realized I didn't want that. And I one of the big things that really helped me with that was um, developing a very strong meditation practice and kind of getting more into this thing we call mindfulness, I guess. It's kind of a modern, popular term for, you know, practices that have been going on for centuries. Though, for, right? for a very long time, exactly. Yeah. It goes back into the roots of, of Buddhism and it's about bringing our attention away from all those things that are telling us we need to do this, we need to do that. 
yeah. and it's about bringing it back to what's going on now you know mindfulness is a kind of energy that we generate from you know concentration with concentrating on what's going on right now beginning with our our bodies and of course moving out towards what's happening around us in the yeah. world and the insight that we that we kind of gain from that process of of kind of contextualizing actually all those things that worry us and that we're freaking out about in a, in a kind of context of realizing oh actually that a lot of that stuff doesn't matter you know that you said what, what really matters is just being with people and, and having a good time yeah. you know that i was thinking a lot of back to uh, one of our episodes where we talked about work and that uh, essay by bertrand russell the in praise of idleness yeah yeah you know one of the biggest failures of modern industrial society is how much we work that we have this idea that work is somehow virtuous that productivity is a, is a kind of virtue mm. and it's it's not at all in fact it's actually he kind of talks about it as a sort of as a, as a fable that's been sold to poor people to make them work so that wealthier people can have live a life of leisure live yeah. a life of luxury grow profits uh, yeah exactly and there's a there's another great uh, work that i was reading recently by eva hoffman called how to be bored where um she talks about you know she, one of the things she talks about is the the latin word for leisure comes from this uh, or the the word leisure comes from the latin uh, lesire i probably pronouncing that incorrectly um, that means uh, to be permitted and she says you know one of the things that we have to do in the modern world is permit ourselves to have leisure to yeah. actually enjoy what we're doing and not out of some kind of uh, end goal some kind of productivity aristotle yeah. talks about this too you know in the nicomachean ethics that the greatest things are the things that we do as ends in uh, in and of themselves so, so much of what we do is for a particular end and they're just stuff that we have to do. But actually what, what really brings us great joy and benefit is when we're doing something for the sake of itself, when we're you know, listening to music for the yeah. pure joy of listening to music. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's really what mindfulness uh, practices challenge us to, to do. Mm. You know, when we walk, can we walk in a way where we're the, the happiest person in the world, where the sheer act of walking brings us great joy mm. and it doesn't become about i need to get to here so i need to go the fastest way and i need to and i need to be fast because i have to do this and this and this and i have to it's like let's put all that aside and just enjoy so it is this kind of movement against this careerist ideal that grew in the mid 20th century you know there's careers are kind of a recent thing i remember reading about that recently you know and as you said you know you have young kids who play football now not because they enjoy it but because they want to become professional footballers or people are playing music because they want to be a professional musician whereas what you're saying is like no play the guitar because you love playing the guitar right that's the end in itself right we've been kind of programmed to think in this developed industrialized capitalist society that everything needs to be driven towards profit whether it's our individual careers or it's the system itself you know or individual companies right yeah so it's in that context you know and i think coming out of the podcast and having and because we were kind of taking a bit of a break at that point yeah i i began thinking well what else can i share with with the world in some way that would be interesting and i, I began to get interested in twitch as a kind of streaming platform now twitch is mainly gamers actually yeah. but there's a lot of people on it who are doing other stuff as well people doing music and mm. just doing talk stuff kind of yeah, you know, yeah. like this i guess but streaming it and otherwise and i began and i thought well wouldn't it be really interesting if 
you were on Twitch and you're and you're going around looking for something to consume, you know, something to occupy your your mind with and, and kind of distract yourself. Wouldn't it be interesting if you stumbled upon someone who was just sitting there meditating? <laughs> so I call it anti-content because yes. it's like not it's kind of content devoid of any kind of content. Yeah. All I'm actually doing is sitting there meditating. And it's the uh, space of empty space. Exactly, and it's yeah. an invitation for for you for to you maybe, to do nothing. Yeah. Exactly, for you to to pause for a second, uh, put down this kind of endless need for for having something to to occupy your time with, and just be with yourself and, and yeah. sit with yourself for a minute, and That's take great. a breath and enjoy your breath. And I, I was thinking, for the sake of the episode. We could do a little, little one now. There's like a couple of minutes. We could do a little uh, yeah. meditation if you wanted to join me in one. Yeah, well, just in case, you know, some people don't want to join you, but they're curious. Let's, uh, what's the handle on Twitch? Sure, just So yeah. people can look it up just in case they don't last the end of the meditation. They don't last, it'll just be a, a minute or two. But, but yeah, um, me- meditating underscore Greg. So that's my, that's my handle. So twitch.tv forward slash meditating underscore greg i suppose if you know meditating greg wants to have interesting conversations with other like-minded people the two philosophers platform is available so you know if anybody's interested in that you may see the odd episode pop on the channel from greg in the future yeah for sure and i I have i I do do i don't only do the anti-content stuff so i also do sort of sound baths and i do um some guided meditations as opposed to just silent ones yeah. And, I, and I do a little bit of talking like this as well. And I have done, you know, philosophy um, and mindfulness kind of talks in the past, which I can link to on the on the Two Philosophers page for anyone interested in hearing me talk about more kind of Buddhism, Taoism, um, and, and these kinds of uh, these kind of things uh, um, as well. But um, yeah, so just you know, for the sake of this, I have a little bell beside me here. It's a gorgeous. Um, uh, a Tibetan singing bowl which I got from my time when I was I spent a couple of weeks on retreat at Plum Village which is a Buddhist monastery in France um, begun by the Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh who's been very influential uh, for me in the, in the in last while he very unfortunately passed in January of this year and uh, in Plum Village they talk about the sound of the bell as the voice of the Buddha and the, the voice of the Buddha, which calls us back home to ourselves. So the, the, the bell is just here really for something for us to kind of listen to and use as a vehicle as we tune into our breaths to just settle our bodies. And as a result of that, our minds. So when, often when we're doing meditation, we think it's about quieting our thoughts, but actually you can't really quieten your thoughts. You, you can't really force yourself to stop thinking because it's the nature of mind is to think. Yeah. So what we can do though is settle our bodies and we can release tension in our bodies and we can use our breath to as a real anchor into the present moment and into feeling what's going on for us right now. And the, the bell is just an addition here to help us help us do that. So what I'm gonna do is ring out the bell and I'll ring a little muffled sound and then an open sound. And then I'll just lead us in for a, a minute or two, just in a, in, a, in a short meditation. And I invite anyone now listening to just um, sit down somewhere comfortable, um, sit up straight if you can. So if you're, in a, if you're in a chair, 
you can move to the, the last third of the chair or you can sit on the ground, but if you're on the ground and you're sitting cross-legged, maybe have something just under your bum just to, to raise up your hips a little bit because it can make sitting like that a little bit easier. You can also lie down if you like as well. Just make sure you're comfortable. Um, yep, yeah, in a moment I will invite the sound to the bell and then we'll begin. So just taking a moment now to just tune into our bodies and we can ask ourselves, what's going on? Are my, is my, are my shoulders tense? Can I maybe just loosen them a little bit and let them fall into the back of my back? Is my neck straight? Can I tuck my chin in a little bit just to allow my neck to straighten? And just tuning into our breath in the in-breath and the out-breath. And as we breathe in, we can kind of draw the breath down into our lower abdomen. And just in our lower abdomen there, we, we hold a lot of tension often around this area. We're trying to hold in our bellies and make ourselves skinnier. So we can just let that loose now. Really let all that drop and feel the energies in our body just dropping down toward our lower abdomen. And what we try to do is enjoy our breath and enjoyment is just another form of concentration but it's a lighter kind of concentration and it's a more open kind so can we breathe in in a way where the breath is enjoyable and we so often forget how wonderful it is to breathe So if we can try to just draw on that a little bit now. And so as we settle our bodies, we can just for a moment now notice our in-breaths and notice our out-breath. And so as we breathe in, we could just say in our minds that I know that I'm breathing in. And when we breathe out, we can say, I know that I am breathing out. Or we can shorten this to just in and out. So just breathing steadily and enjoying the breath in and out. Before we finish, I'll just once more ring the sound of the bell. And now that we're, that we're in a slightly more open, lighter 
a more enjoyable frame of mind. We can just listen and allow the bell to interact with our bodies and our minds and allow it to help anchor us in the present moment. Well, thanks so much for that, Greg. I feel very peaceful, very present. Mm -hmm. And maybe we should say goodbye to our listeners. Thank you so much for all your support over the last couple of years. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. As we said, the episodes are still up there if you want to revisit them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of dense stuff in there at times that probably needs some further engagement with. And thank you, Greg, for the great times. And thank you, Dan. Here's to many more as well. But uh, I think having a beer with a friend and chatting about a movie is also a great way of being present. So, you're, uh, you're so with that right. in mind, cheers. And uh, I don't know if you saw it. The worst person in the world. It was an incredible experience for me. I was thinking at the end when I saw it, oh, my God, this would be a good podcast episode. So maybe we'll give a little recommendation as we fade out to our listeners what did mm-hmm. you think of it oh man sorry just this beer is so yummy though <laughs> I can't. this is a it's, it's actually a beer by meskin which i i said to my it's a, my, my uncle owns this this uh, brewery but i told him i'd give him a little shout out on the podcast and given this is the last episode i need to he's a he's a brewer he he's from the wet the from from ireland and his is uh, brewing partners from Belgium and they make these kind of Belgian Irish cross beers and I have to say this is I am drinking the Mexican Carnal Knowledge the Seven Virtues series it's a, it must be a blonde style beer because it has all those delicious kind of citrus notes and that kind of like banana um, banana kind of smell that you get from blonde beers but so fresh, so mm. crisp. Wow. What are you drinking yourself? Um, I just, what I think of it, I remember uh, that you gave me a bottle of the Mexican at Christmas time. That's right, yeah. I drank it. I think it was like a red ale that was uh, barrel aged in a bourbon barrel or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was a mixture between a red ale and a kind of Belgian quad. And it was amazing. Me and my brother drank it at Christmas. Um so yeah, here's to your uncle and thanks for the gift. Um, now I'm drinking uh, one of my favorite Irish breweries, Whiplash. Uh, it's an IPA called Bone Machine, uh, which I presume they got from the Pixie song of the same name. Um, so yeah, it's like perfect for this kind of weather. It's like 28 degrees here in Copenhagen, sunny. So wow, beautiful. Yeah. Cool. But, but yeah, sorry, the worst person in the world. What a great film. What a, a great um, a great name for a film. Because yeah. that was the big thing that stuck out to me. I was like, why is it called this? Yeah. And when she's clearly not the protagonist. She's not the worst person in the world. But she's like so many of us, you know, flawed and yeah. 
in in so many ways, and yet kind of it's just a, a, a brilliant performance as well. Yeah, it's a great, yep. a great main character. Yeah. But but so much, you know, it was definitely made some questionable choices at times, and I was left feeling like, wow, yeah, I I understand that. Like I've made questionable yeah. choices, and I've definitely been left feeling like. Well, I'm the worst person in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's kind I of like, that. you know, a yeah. uh, universal judgment that we make on it to ourselves in this day and age that we often see ourselves as the worst person in the world, you know, and really we're just human, you know. We make bad choices, we make bad mistakes, uh, we try our best, you know, we fail, we succeed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but you, you're the one who recommended this to me, Dan. I mean, you said you were really taken by it. I'd, be, I'd love to know what for you was the kind of what stood out about this film. Oh, it was just the whole experience. So I went to see it in the cinema, um, and there wasn't many people in the cinema, so I just kind of got lost in the entire world of the movie. You know, it's very incredible cinematography to it. You know, Oslo looked amazing. I came over thinking I want to go to Oslo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Oslo looked great. There was great soundtrack to it. Just the whole vibe of the movie was really good. And then the characters were just so human, so relatable. Um, but at the same time, there's also very some trippy scenes in it. Mm -hmm. There's a whole section where they take mushrooms, which is like <laughs> incredible. There's an incredible scene that captures kind of the first moments of falling in love with somebody where the entire world goes silent and it's just the two of you in the world. And it, yeah, it was just an amazing film with kind of so much uh, to talk about. You know, there's some very profound reflections on death in it. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic experience seeing it. Yeah, it sounds like the kind of film that two philosophers should make a podcast and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, somebody should definitely do that. Someone yeah. should do that sometime. That's a great idea.